Welcome to the Terrorist Therapist Show on Renegade Talk Radio with your host, Dr. Carroll. Though you may not realize that the ongoing threat of terrorism is affecting your life and that of your loved ones. Each week, Dr. Carroll analyzes the hottest topics in terror and helps you and your family reach your dreams despite living in a time of terror. Terrorism and the Wannabe Royals. Welcome to the Terrorist Therapist Show. I'm Dr. Carol, a psychiatrist, and you're a terrorist therapist. Yes, today we're talking about terrorism and the wannabe royals. I know, wondering who I'm talking about, and I'm sure the first people you're thinking about, uh, perhaps, are Harry and Meghan uh, and the current a uh, question over, you know, whether they're actually going to be called royals or not. In fact, the queen has uh, put her foot down and said that they can't use that word anymore. I'm going to get into that later. The um, second wannabe royal that I want to talk about today is USA royalty. By that, you know, talking about, you know, the presidency, the run for the presidency, and in particular, Bernie Sanders, he is a wannabe royal, wannabe president. Now, what does terrorism have to do with Harry and Meghan and Bernie Sanders? Well, you're about to hear. Let's start with Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders has um, <laughs> surprised everyone, or many people at least, uh, by winning uh, the popular vote in Iowa, the New Hampshire primary, and just lately, uh, the latest thing, the Nevada caucuses. Well, um, things are getting really scary now that Bernie has surprised everyone and won all of these elections. Um, I think a lot of people didn't really take him seriously, didn't really think he was going to ever win, ever be a, a serious candidate for the Democratic Party at the end, you know, by the end. Um, and apparently he is, at least that's, uh, that is where he is heading. Um, now, I'm going to explain what terrorism has to do with all of this in a minute. But let me just mention um, that Russia, you know, there's this question as to whether Russia is influencing the elections. I mean, there is, um, you know, I say a question, but some people are fairly certain about that. Um, I don't know in terms of... Um, uh, Facebook and so on. I don't have the specific statistics or the uh, secret information, but um, it has been said, it is being reported that Russia is influencing the elections both in favor of Bernie and in favor of Trump. Of course, they always say that, you know, they always connect Trump with Russia. Um, and, you know, that has already been proven in many ways to be untrue. Um, but let's look at Bernie and what that has to do with terrorism. Well, Bernie 
Bernie's voters, Bernie's uh, contingency, his, he is special, especially in favor with voters who are less than or equal to 30 years old. Now, if you look at that, these are people who would have been less than or equal to 11 years old when 9-11 happened. In other words, they grew up under the shadow of the threat of terrorism, under the shadow of 9-11. I mean, you've heard me talk about how we're all still really under the shadow of 9-11, but especially this group who would have felt the effect in some ways most because of how young they were and because of sensing how their parents were feeling about it and um, not totally understanding the tragedy and being really scared. I mean, there are studies about that that I am familiar with um, from my research for my book. Um, what is Bernie doing? Why are people voting for Bernie? That is the question of the day. Um, well, he is promising the whole candy store. In a sense, who wouldn't vote for Bernie when he is promising everything? Um, things that, that I mean, I'm going to get into some of them. And you think, look at them and you think, well, yeah, you know, um, who wants to pay for health care? Who wants to pay the college debt? Um, who wants to pay all these things? Who wouldn't want these other things? I mean, you know, <laughs> um, it doesn't take a genius to figure out that these are, would be popular, except that um, I had thought, <laughs> you know, I personally never took Bernie seriously because um, I thought, I mean, I remember my history classes and social studies classes where they showed, explained um, the dangers of socialism and communism. Um, it was pretty plain. And so that's why, to me, Bernie, who calls himself a democratic socialist, the fact that he has gotten this far in American elections, whether he ultimately gets the democratic, you know, becomes the democratic nominee or not, is still super scary what is happening to America. Now, the reason why these people who are the most affected by growing up under the threat, the shadow of 9-11, um, the reason why they are attracted to him, aside from the fact that some of the things that he's promising particularly uh, are good for them, <laughs> but it's because 9-11, growing up under this shadow, made these people, really not just the 30 and under, but lots of Americans, apparently, um, feel helpless, hopeless, and particularly unprotected. So when a candidate for president promises, basically, to um, feed, diaper, and hold them, it is consciously and unconsciously uh, irresistible. People are um, feeling, the, notably the people who are voting for him, but it's really more people than everyone would like to admit. A lot of people are feeling like huddled masses um, and are willing to get behind anyone who promises to take care of them. 
But now, what does this mean? You know, they, first of all, they're not questioning because of feeling so unprotected and helpless and hopeless and all of this, really, at least unconsciously. That um, makes them just kind of accept things at face value and not really bother to ask how, how are we getting the whole candy store? Well, the how means um, robbing from the rich to feed the poor, but um, it's not just that. It's that America was built on ambition. America was built on capitalism, on the American way, the American dream, um, ambition, being a maverick, becoming an inventor, a creator, people who think out of the box. And people would deserve to be rewarded for this kind of work. Um, you know, there, what incentive will there be for people to be this ambitious and creative and um, work really hard if in fact whatever they earn is going to be taken away from them to be given to the poor. Now some of these things that Bernie has been um, uh, saying that he will do if he gets to be president, uh, you know, they're all things that take countless amounts of money. I mean literally countless because he hasn't really proven how he's going to get the exact amount to pay for all these things that he has uh, promised. So um, he's, first of all, he's pro-immigrant. He wants to open the doors to America, to everyone, which of course will um, bring in terrorists. Um, he wants to break up ICE, for example, welcome refugees. Um, so in other words, you know, opening up the doors, which will allow some terrorists to sleep in, to yeah, to get in, to creep in as well. Um, I've already talked about that in some previous podcasts about how there have been refugees or, or terrorists who have come in because through our borders. Uh, he wants to open them further. Medicare for all, uh, a, a one-payer um, national health insurance program with no premiums and no co-pays. Now, of course, would you like to not have to pay for your insurance? I mean, it sounds wonderful, right? Uh, he's going to solve the climate crisis, you know, assuming there is one. Uh, free tuition and cancel student debt. That's particularly uh, attractive to the under 30. He wants to, he's going to, he says, end homelessness by investing $2.5 trillion and making 10 million affordable housing units. Well, that's all fine and dandy, except for what it means um, on the other end. Uh, he's going to expand Social Security and benefits for all recipients, guarantee long-term care. I mean, he's hitting um, portions of the population. They're not the under 30s. <laughs> portions of the population who would love what he's promising. Um, and of course, ultimately, it's the tax on the extreme wealth. Uh, the top 1% of households who have a net worth of over $32 million, they are going to be um, taxed um, uh, particularly hard. They are, he's going, his plan is to cut the wealth of billionaires in half over 15 years so that there is less concentration of wealth in this 1%. Well, I'm gonna take a break now, and I know some of you are thinking, well, you know, we should take some of the money from those billionaires and millionaires and all that to pay for, to help the homeless and help the veterans and all of that. Well, perhaps, 
but not to the in the draconian with the draconian methods methods that uh, Bernie is promising. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Terrorist Therapist Show, where we're talking about terrorism and the wannabe royals, uh, USA royalty wannabe Bernie Sanders, who's hoping to be president and seems to be on his way, uh, at least in terms of being the Democratic nominee. Uh, hopefully it will be stopped there if he does get that. Uh, and also Harry and Meghan, who have... Um, just had their a tantrum over being told that uh, the queen is taking their royal title away. So um, I've you you know I asked at the beginning what does terrorism have to do with this as I'm sure was the question in your mind, <laughs> um, and I explained about Bernie and 9/11, and um, I'm pretty much. Uh, pretty much done with talking about his, well, let me just mention a couple of his um, other programs that he is paying for by, by uh, robbing the rich and giving to the poor, which on the face of it doesn't necessarily sound bad, except for the way that he's planning on doing it, which is ruining what America is built on, ruining the uh, ambitiousness. I mean, that's the point. If you take away the prize, you know, the, uh, the appreciation, the material wealth, and so on, that people get from working their tushies off and um, building corporations and being uh, entrepreneurs and doing all of these things to make money in America and get the, the American dream, if you take away all of that, then people aren't going to keep working their tushies off. I mean, it's like common sense. You know, they do experiments with rats that prove this kind of thing. You know, have you ever, I'm sure you learned in school about uh, rats, rewards, uh, giving rats re rewards versus punishment and all of that kind of stuff. If you give rats cheese, they run through the maze, okay? <laughs> now, I don't mean to... Uh, um, reduce Americans to rats <laughs> and go, although we do go through mazes and we are on uh, wheels, you know, we many of us find ourselves on wheels uh, working really hard. But if you were to just give rats cheese, if they didn't go on the wheel, if they just lazed on the wheel, <laughs> you know, slept on the wheel and didn't keep um, uh, pawing through it, you know, uh, they would just sleep there and nothing would happen and they'd still get their cheese. I mean, it's a really easy concept and yet somehow voters in, um, in Iowa, New Hampshire and Nevada, I guess they didn't go to psychology classes in school and I guess they didn't go to social studies or history classes. They must have been cutting school on those days when they learned about communism and socialism. I mean, you know, um, we're not going to have to worry about Russia taking us over because we're going to become Russia if um, Bernie ever becomes president. Again, hopefully that will not happen. Hopefully there are enough Americans who still have their sanity and still uh, have learned these things. Um, let's see. Oh, just to... You know, of course, legalizing marijuana is one of his promises, gun banning guns, taking on the NRA, um, 
not only is there going to be a tax increase for the rich in terms of income tax, but he wants to um, do a state put forth um, estate taxes, progressive estate taxes on the multimillionaires and billionaires in, in order to um, gradually take away, not only at once by taxes, but like gradually decrease the, the wealth of the most wealthy people. You know, this is all Russian stuff. Uh, all right, let me move on to Harry. <laughs> Harry and Megan. Poor Harry. First of all, poor Harry. Um, he has, Megan is a um, bad girl and um, he has fallen on, she fits the profile. I wrote a book on this and she fits the profile of a bad girl who, um, and it has to do with her relationship with her father. And clearly she has had a very contentious relationship with her father, uh, still does. And um, that is what happens when, when little girls have a dysfunctional relationship with their fathers, they grow up being attracted to bad boys, which Megan was actually um, before she met Harry. He's not a bad boy. I am not saying that Harry is a bad boy. In fact, I feel really, really sorry for Harry. Um, I think when he eventually wakes up from being under her spell and looks back at all that he, she has caused him to lose, he will, he will be super um, depressed and regretful and realize that Princess Diana would not have told him to go this way. Well, let me tell you about the news. Why am I talking about this today? Um, the news is that there's a, this great article, um, well, there are lots of articles about it, but Piers Morgan, the news is that Piers Morgan um, has lashed out at Harry and Meghan for their staggering disrespect to the Queen after this uh, couple complained about being forced to drop royal from their brand. Piers Morgan said, who the hell do they think they are? And that is my sentiment exactly. Um, you know, some people, and of course, I do want to say, so, you know, if you say anything bad about Megan, you are um, labeled as a racist. My comments about Megan and her being a bad girl and all of that, you know, this is psychological. I mean, I wrote the books on bad boys and bad girls. Uh, two separate books and talking about, you know, their growing up and, and what makes them into bad boys and bad girls and why they're attracted to who they're attracted to and so on. So this has nothing to do, there's nothing about racism in those books. It is an equal opportunity psychological dysfunction. So um, I just putting that out there because, you know, that's, that's the defensive reaction of some people when you say anything bad about Megan. So um, the queen, she has, I love the queen. <laughs> she has proven herself to be quite a feisty lady. Even at her age, she, nothing can get past the queen. She's very super smart, super sharp still at her age. And, um, and not just smart, but, um, but she takes no nonsense from anyone. And of course was not happy when Harry and Meghan uh, announced announced to the world before to her that they were going to be leaving the UK 
and not um, working anymore as a royal. Uh, well, not working anymore. They, you know, on, on the one hand, they kind of did say not working as a royal, and yet now they are very angry that the queen has said that they can't use the word royal because they have started using that in their branding. Um, so now let me just backtrack a little bit. Um, I, because when I was doing research for this, I, I came across again um, wedding pictures. I mean, of course, of course, everyone looked at the wedding pictures. But did you notice? I mean, when the wedding was happening, but did you notice there is this picture um, of them kissing after they were told, "You may kiss the bride." And um, Harry is looking, you know, romantic and in love and so on, or in lust at least. Um, but Megan has this smile on her face. It's not really a full kiss, like not a romantic um, kiss. Uh, it is, she's smiling, smirking really, like the cat who swallowed the canary. She knew, she landed, she knew what she was doing and especially getting pregnant so quickly. Um, she was, she had this whole thing planned. I don't know how much she loves Harry, but she certainly loves what becoming his wife has done for her. So, um, getting back to Piers Morgan and what the what is currently happening. Um, so now the couple has made this Instagram and they want it trademarked things. Um, they, particularly the Sussex Royal brand they were going to sell all kinds of things under the Sussex Royal brand. And if they are not um, allowed to call themselves Royal anymore, they have to shut this down. And they posted a statement on their website and their and Instagram and so on. Um, really, you know, they're getting more and more pissed. Uh, you know, they were trying to, well, I guess it's questionable how much they were trying to make a graceful exit. But as time is going by and they're realizing that this isn't going to be, they're not going to have as many um, rights as they thought they were going to, they are getting more and more pissed and um, not hiding it as well as they once did. Well, I'll leave it at, at this for now until we get to our next segment. So stay tuned. Welcome back to the Terrorist Therapist Show. We're talking today about terrorism and the wannabe royals. We talked about Bernie Sanders. Now we're talking about Harry and Meghan, and um, you're wondering what they have to do. <laughs> Where I'm going to get to terrorism with Harry and Meghan. Okay. Um, well, first of all, um, they put out this this sour sounding statement on their website and or on Instagram. Um, after they uh, complied and said they would stop using the word royal in branding after the spring. I don't know why it's after the spring and not like today, <laughs> you know, right away, right as, as soon as the queen said that, that they couldn't use it. Um, I wonder if, they're, if they have something in the works to try to still uh, uh, get that back. Um, and they, in fact, they were saying that in their statement said that neither the government nor the queen herself owned the word royal internationally. I mean, you know, hello, that's, that is really disrespectful and obnoxious. And she is the queen. 
and um, she is uh, you know family at least to Harry I don't think Megan feels necessarily part of that really um, but anyhow so uh, now the thing is that um, let me get to the terrorism part. I mean, there's so much really to be said about uh, uh, they, they, in their statement, they said, this is the part that relates to terrorism. I mean, they put out a big statement, long statement, but let me get to the part that relates to terrorism. Um, they had the part of their statement that relates to security says, it is agreed that the Duke and Duchess of Sussex will continue to require effective security to protect them and their son. This is based on the Duke's public profile by virtue of being born into the royal family, his military service, the Duchess's own independent profile, and the shared threat and risk level documented specifically over the last few years. No further details can be shared as this is classified information for safety reasons. Well, <laughs> this was, must have been written by the Duchess because um, to say, you know, that the need for security is based on the Duke's, you know, on Harry's uh, being part of the royal family, his military service. Yes, of course. But the Duchess's own independent profile, really, if she was not married, married to Harry, no one would be trying to uh, kidnap her or kill her and that she wouldn't need security. I mean, I don't know, maybe she thinks she's, uh, I don't know, some uh, A-list Hollywood um, star, even, the, even they all don't need security. Um, for the time being, Scotland Yard is continuing to provide protection for them. But the question is, who is going to be picking up the bill? It's not yet, there's a lot of controversy over that. Um, whether it's gonna be uh, Canada, Canada said that they might, but it has to go through their parliament. Uh, Prince Charles had said something at one time, but he's not really speaking out very much now. And so most people believe that for at least for now, it is going to be, um, the the cost for the security is going to fall on the British taxpayers. Now, um, the irony and the hypocrisy of all of this is that part of their statement and, and all along what they've been saying all along um, from with Megxit was that they wanted to become financially independent. Well, <laughs> unfortunately, um, you know, if they were to become financially independent, they wouldn't be able to have the money on their own, um, at least not now. Um, and I don't think they were counting on, uh, I think they were on themselves paying for it. I think they were counting still on the, um, on, on the UK paying for it. Um, now the uh, secu security experts uh, talking about or, um, joining in about what they think in terms of the security or the threat against Harry and Meghan, they are saying that um, there is the threat of terror attacks and kidnap for years to come. And um, in particular, police and former security chiefs have been speaking out and they say that the couple will continue to be at risk from organized terror groups 
political fanatics, and lone obsessives. Still, just, you know, long after they have been, they have left uh, London. And what's interesting is that we're not just talking about radical Islamist terrorists in terms of who represents a threat, but domestic terrorists, because there have already been threats to them. Um, the former head of royal protection has warned Harry and Meghan about possible, these are his words, possible freaks of nature that they could face. This is Di Davies, and he has said that there are some prisoners who are still in jail who are already plotting to harm them. Uh, he said there are three men now in custody who were plotting to do harm to Harry that will not go away. That's the truth. Um, like it or not, there are a lot of nasty people in the world. Also, Prince Charles is still the colonel in chief of the paratroopers in Canada, which means that Prince Harry and Meghan um, should be or are entitled to or need to have protection. Um, there are, and, and his, the security um, head of royal protection said, uh, they still have hardline nutters. I love the way they just speak out what they what call it call it what they call it. Uh, hardline nutters, freaks of nature that unfortunately think that blowing people up is the way to get what they want. Unfortunately, that is replicated around the world. Well, um, uh, let me tell you about the. This is was actually starting even before they moved to uh, Canada. In fact, in June of 2019, now this is regarding um, domestic terrorists. Um, so, you know, like I was saying, it's not just about radical Islamic terrorists, but you know, radical Islamic, Islamist terrorists, why, what danger would um, Harry and Meghan be in? Why would radical Islamist terrorists want uh, to have anything to do <laughs> with Harry and Meghan. Well, first of all, they could, if they killed um, Harry and or Meghan, um, it would uh, be a great PR coup. It would show the world that they, um, that they, you know, whether it's uh, Al Qaeda or um, ISIS or whatever, they would show the world that they were still very powerful. And, um, and of course, it would also take away uh, a potential that it would be like beheading a potential future monarch because Harry is sixth in line. Now, chances of him actually getting to become king are not that great being sixth in line, but you never can tell in this world where there is terrorism and coronavirus and all of that. So, um, so that would be, there would be, you know, it would be a big prize. He is a big target um, to be killed. But also, they are targets for ransom, kidnapped for ransom, to try to get countless amounts, you know, I don't know, millions or billions um, from the UK to pay for their return, which would fund terrorism um, for years, fund a lot of terrorist activities. And um, so that's why they are particularly valuable and, uh, a, and particularly in danger. But as I started to say, even before they left the UK, there were already domestic terrorists 
who um, had threatened him. There were two teens who were sentenced to prison in the UK for, for neo-Nazi terrorist social media posts, including one that threatened to assassinate Prince Harry and called him a race traitor for marrying Meghan, who is, as you know, biracial. Um, these two teens, Mikel Sezuk and Oscar Dunn-Korzowski, uh, Mikel is 19 and Oscar is 18, uh, Mikhail pleaded guilty to two counts of encouraging terrorism and five counts of processing terrorist material that was found in his dorm room at Portsmouth University. This included instructions on how to make a bomb and a manual on white resistance. He posted an image showing Prince Harry with a gun held to his head and a swastika with the phrase, see you later, race traitor. There was also, he also ran a blog that was extremely violent and aggressively misogynistic. So he got four years and three months. That was in June, 2019. <laughs> so um, the time is ticking. And then Oscar was sentenced to two counts of encouraging terrorism, including an online post sympathetic to Anders Breivik, uh, the man who killed at least 77 people in Oslo, Norway. And both of these um, teens were involved in a British neo-Nazi group, and Oscar was one of the leaders. Now they met, these two men met on Gab, a social media platform that's known for its far-right user base, and they had never met in person. So these are domestic terrorists who are a threat, you know, who are pretend, and you know, they're not the last of them. <laughs> these, this is an example of domestic terrorists who were sentenced and for threatening Harry. So, um, so this whole idea, uh, so really by leaving um, the UK, uh, Harry and Meghan became more vulnerable to terrorists in um, Canada, even though Canada is considered generally a uh, not a dangerous place, um, still, um, there are supposedly, um, reportedly, there are more firearms. The royal security expert said, so I shouldn't say supposedly, I trust his, his uh, knowledge. He said that Canada has more firearms by head in population than virtually anywhere. So um, they are costing taxpayers a lot of money by um, by their move, and they are making the UK uh, and by that the West in general more vulnerable to terrorism. So really, their their idea um, of just leaving you know leaving London and going off on their own and being independent while still needing the British public to pay for their security. Um, has is a disaster in many in many ways, and it is particularly um, a disaster for Harry himself, and it is potentially a disaster for the UK and for all of us in terms of being more vulnerable to terrorism. Well, thank you for listening to the Terrorist Therapist Show. I'm Dr. Carol, your terrorist therapist.
If you would like to find out more about terrorism from me, your terrorist therapist, visit my website, terroristtherapist.com. And if you're a parent or teacher and want to build stronger nests for your kids to become more resilient, check out my new award-winning book, Lions and Tigers and Terrorists, Oh My, How to Protect Your Child in a Time of Terror. It's the first and only book about terrorism for kids. You can find it wherever books are sold or directly from the publisher at terrorismforkids.com. Terrorism, the number four, kids.com. I'm Dr. Carol, your terrorist therapist. Thank you for listening to the Terrorist Therapist Show on Renegade Talk Radio with your host, Dr. Carol. We hope listening to the show has made you feel calmer, more resilient, and more able to reach your dreams despite living in a time of terror. You can also check out past shows on Renegade Talk Archives for more insights.